And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And Raptors fans, I feel like I've come on here a bunch lately and <laughs> posed the question of what rock bottom might feel like or what the worst game of the season might be. And I feel like as soon as I crown one game as being the low point of the season, something else pops up. And it wasn't that long ago that I'll be honest, I didn't think that it could get much worse than ending the losing streak of the Houston Rockets. I didn't think it could get worse than that. And yet here we are. I'm going to say this much, okay? I'm going to say this much. I'm just turning off the music because this, as I said, the music gives me a vibe. The music gives me a feel, a positive vibe and a positive feel. Right now, <laughs> that's not really the vibes I think Raptorland is on right now. But as mentioned, this is the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. And we do this live after each and every game, and let's be serious, it's turned into much of a therapy session. Not only for you, the diehard Raptor fans who are listening to this podcast, but also for me. Because, you know, I'm watching these games too, and having to watch these games, it becomes quite difficult. Because it's frustrating watching the team that you root for just lose to teams that... I'll be honest, I looked at the roster. So they're playing OKC, right? They lose to Oklahoma City 113 to 107. The Raptors, if I'm not mistaken, in this game were like six and a half or seven point favorites. And I remember looking at that and thinking, I don't know if you can take the Raptors as six and a half or seven point favorites against anyone at this point. But if you looked at the roster of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you realize that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out of the lineup. They've told Al Horford to basically rest for the rest of the season. Rest for the rest of the season. That's funny. Um, and our boy, Lou Dort, is also out of the lineup. So there's a lot of missing pieces on this team. And when I saw them show up the graphic of who the starters were for the Oklahoma City Thunder to begin this game, I'd like to think I watch a lot of basketball, but I didn't know any of these dudes. I feel, and that I say that as no disrespect, because if we're being serious about what the OKC Thunder are doing this year, they've just been acquiring assets. They have a bunch of first round draft picks and for those draft picks to mean something, you kind of got to, you know, Play some dudes that might not be getting you victories, if that makes sense. And even with that said, they're still only seven games under 500. And if you compare that to the Raptors, who were actively trying to compete this year and are now 18 and 30 on the season. Wow. But yeah, so I look at this roster and I see a Williams, a Roby, a Brown, a Melodin, and a Mahaliuk. Pardon me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. He was a high scorer for OKC. He actually, if I'm not mistaken, was the player of the game. <laughs> like, what? What's happening here? If you're the Raptors and you... Here's where I'll start. 
here's what I want to ask you guys, because the people who are watching this pod live really appreciate you, as mentioned. You guys are the, down, the diehard Toronto Raptors fans. If you are tuning in and watching this podcast live right after the game, and huge shouts to the people that happen to be listening to the next day, the next day as well, because you also are diehard Raptors fans. And I just try to provide the space where I can try to make sense of what's going on. But what I want to know from you people still watching the raps at this point, what is it that you want to see? Is it because you, you watch the game and obviously we watch games because you play to win the game. You want to see wins. But on the flip side, I took a peek at the standings. And, you know, when you reverse those, you kind of get the draft standings. The Raptors were currently in seventh. And obviously ping pong balls can do their thing. But seventh pick in the draft. I'm, that's something to look forward to as well. So as you kind of look and you see the losses kind of pile up, but you think maybe that'll get you a higher draft pick and definitely the Raptors need a higher draft pick. They just, as mentioned, they need more people. So what do you guys want to see as this season continues? Do you want to see wins? Do you want to see them compete, but ultimately lose at the end of the game? Do you want to see... And believe that Kyle Lowry deserves better than this. Fred Van Fleet deserves better than this. To see this team just struggle as it has the past week. Like, past week, forget about that. This is from Josh Lewenberg, okay, on Twitter. Over the last six weeks, the Raptors have lost to the NBA worst T-Wolves. Fallen to a Rockets team that had dropped 20 in a row. Lost three games to the 13-win Pistons. Now this, a loss to the SGA, Dort, and Horford-less thunder dark times i <laughs> it's tough my boy trizzy at work we were joking around because he keeps saying and and i got bad people messaging me like listen shouts to you for continuing to do this pod and i keep telling them i need this because i would be watching these games anyways right for work i gotta watch these games so i'd be watching anyways and we do this pod, we've been doing the pod now, we're in what, year three of this? And shouts to you, the listeners, the viewers of this pod. Thanks you guys following and liking and subscribing on YouTube. We're in a blessed point where we got ads flowing on YouTube. So, you know, that money, the little bit that it is, helps just fund this operation. Whatever it is, it helps pay for something. And I'm thankful and grateful that we have gotten to that point. But I'm also thankful and grateful that... <laughs> You guys are here every game to talk to me, talk with me about what the hell is going on. Because I'm having trouble making sense of it myself. Because I don't get it. I don't understand. This Toronto Raptors team, you, you look at what happened in this game and you lose by double digits to the Oklahoma City Thunder. To have a bunch of dudes that I don't, like, if you put this whole team up against Charles Barkley, or I'd even, I'd even bet... Kenny and Shaq, Ernie does his research. Ernie's up watching all kinds of basketball. You know that. And if he, even if he's not, you know he's doing his research. But if you were to pull that whole panel, and I would even bring this to Jalen Rose as well, and you just listed all these dudes on OKC's roster that played in this game tonight and asked them who he played for, everyone's going to struggle at that, except for OKC fans. And so you look at this Raptors game, and there's two ways you can look at it, right? You can find the silver linings. Gary Trent Jr., your brand new acquisition. 
My guy had 20 in the first half, finishes with 31 points, a career high, hit six threes in the game, 12 of 22 from the floor. You like that. You'll take that. If you're looking for a bright spot, there it is. Gary Trent Jr., your favorite Raptors, brand new favorite Raptor, right? Cool. But as I look further into this box score, I see Pascal Siakam, 38 minutes, 2 of 9 from the floor, 1 of 3 from 3, got to the free throw line, he was aggressive, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, but overall 14 points, 7 rebounds and 4 assists, 14 points, it's not enough, it's just not enough. Your Raptors team is struggling right now, and I, I'm i the person that sat here and says it's not just about the points with Pascal, and he's not at his best when he's getting 25 or he's thinking he has to get 25 a night for this team, and I'm the one that sits here and says that. But on a night when your team really, really needs buckets... On a night when your team really needs points on the board against a G League team, let's keep it a buck, this OKC team was a G League team that they put out there tonight, you got to have more than 14 points. I'd also ask, how come you're only taking nine shots? But hey, story for another day, right? Gary Trent Jr. took 22 shots, Freddie took 17, OG took 18. OG, 7 of 18 for 20 points, 20 and 11 from OG, add in three assists, add in three steals. I see you, OG. Get yours. There's room for people to take shots. And I know that we think the hierarchy of this team is supposed to be Pascal, then Fred, then OG, then maybe, I guess, Gary Trent Jr. And obviously when Kyle's in there, we know where Kyle fits in. But Kyle... If I didn't mention it off the top, Kyle's out for the next 7 to 10 days with a foot injury. A foot infection, if I'm not mistaken. So, this Raptors team that you're seeing tonight, get used to that team without Kyle Lowry for the next little while. But I say that to say this. We think the hierarchy, because of, obviously, Pascal is making 30 mil a year, he's a max money dude. The assumption is... That's the hierarchy of where the shots go. But as this season is going on, we're finding out that that's not necessarily the case for a multitude of reasons. But I look at this game and I think 14 points, you took nine shots, and who's guarding you? Seriously. Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher took more shots in 19 minutes off the bench. So if you're Pascal Siakam, right? OG took more shots than you. Freddie took more shots than you. Gary Trent Jr. took more shots than you. And Chris Boucher off the bench took more shots than you. And even if we go take it to the other side, in OKC, Roby, Brown, Melodin, Mahaliuk, Jackson off the bench, all took more shots than Pascal Siakam in this game. Why? And I don't know the answer to it. I'm, I'm simply posing the question. Because I'm not doing the whole let's pile on Pascal Siakam because that's an easy target and I get it. And I understand that. But the reality at the same time is you got the bag, bro. And when things are going poorly, and I remember from the Michael Grange article, 
after the whole Nick Nurse thing happened, and we haven't heard anything about that since, right? About what actually the discipline ended up being. But in that, it was stated that sources said Pascal is upset that he is getting the blame for, he feels like he's getting the majority of the, ba the blame or the bulk of the blame for the Raptors' struggles this season. And you know what? That's just the way it's going to be, right? Like, you're not going to make 30 mil, the team's going to suck, and they're going to point at Chris Boucher. That's just not how this is going to work. And it's funny because I look at some things that happen elsewhere in the league, and the Russell Westbrook, Stephen A. Smith thing is, is you know, made headlines the, the past week just because Stephen A. saying, hey, Russ's numbers mean nothing. We need to see more than that, and they're losing games, and... I can see that point, and Stephen A. Smith does have a point there. I agree with Russ as well, and yes, in 2021, we are allowed to agree with two different people on the same issue, meaning they can be both right. That's allowed. I know we don't think that in 2021, but here we are. But I bring that up because Russ is putting up numbers, and the one thing that I ultimately agree with Russell Westbrook on is, as bad as his teams might be at times or however much they flame out in the playoffs or whatever, however you want to frame that. You can't argue that my guy leaves everything out there on the court every single night. He steps between those lines. You can't argue that. And for me, when I'm watching a team and when I'm rooting for a team, you want to have someone like that that you're riding for. And we were talking about it a bit earlier about Fred Van Fleet and why, you know, Freddie doesn't get the flack that Pascal does, right? When Freddie plays poorly, and Freddie had 18 points, but he was only 5 of 17 in this game. He was 3 of 10 from three-point land, had seven assists, four rebounds. But here's the thing that I'll always say about Fred Van Fleet. I'm not mad at him jacking shots because he knows that he has to get, it's simple math, he has to get to 20 points for this team to have a chance at winning a game. And however he gets to 20 points is how he's going to get there. But if he doesn't get to 20 points, the Raptors are going to take L's. Heck, he's getting the 20 points and they're still taking L's. But you, you get the point I'm trying to make here. Freddie is leaving it all out on the floor. I gave you his stats, but I left out a couple on purpose. How is Fred Van Fleet, your point guard out here, getting five steals in a game and four blocks? That's effort. That's heart. That's why we're not questioning what Freddie does because we see it. When the Raptors are stalling on offense and nobody's doing anything, they're all kind of just standing around, Freddie's out here trying to get buckets. And I'm not mad at that because he's looking around and seeing nobody else wants to smoke. Hey, Gary Trent Jr.'s coming in here and saying, oh, y'all don't want to shoot? All right, I got this. That's what it's got to be. And I keep pointing back to this because regular listeners to the pod remember after that, it was after the Raptors lost to the Rockets, okay? That loss. At that moment when we thought that was the, the worst part of the season or, you know, rock bottom on, of the season. Came on this pod and I talked about listening to the Raptors post-game press conference after they lost to the Cavs, meaning the night before, right? Remember, they lost back-to-back, -back, Cavs and then Rockets. And I sat here and we talked about, it's on wax. So you can you can go 
I got receipts. We got receipts all the time. That's what we do on this pod, right? Sat here and I said, listen carefully to what Freddie and Kyle and even Nick Nurse were saying. Something's off in that room. Something is up. I sat here and said that. And I was listening to Freddie and, and Kyle talk about, you know, is there a sense of urgency in the room? And Kyle said, I'm not really sure. Then you had Freddie talking about how you have this team and they've accomplished so much and you have guys in the locker room. He said, you know, we've won, we've won a championship. We reached certain heights. And what we're learning now is that you can't just flick a switch. You got to go ham all the time because no one in the league looks at this team right now and cares that you won a championship two years ago. They're looking at you like you're food now. So you got to come out night in, night out and put in that work. And I'm bringing that up because consistently at times I'm looking at Pascal Siakam. And and this isn't me picking on Pascal because what happened a few days later? Well, not even a few days later. The next day, we had all these reports of Nick Nurse and Pascal getting into it. Pascal being mad that he got benched in the fourth quarter. So now consistently when the repeated storyline is Pascal getting benched, like there was a game he sat out early in the season for disciplinary reasons, right? Then you follow that up with two other games where he was benched in the fourth quarter, right? And then now you're looking at games where you're playing against the Thunder, okay? This isn't against Bam Adebayo. This isn't against Giannis. You got to come up with more than 14 points. That's just the facts. Now, I don't think that's hard on, I don't think, I think if you ask Pascal, he's going to tell you that. No? So when I look at this Raptors team, it's just, okay, you're looking at the pieces that they have. You're looking at, okay, these are the guy you're, guys you're building around going forward. I still love the Gary Trent move. Ultimately, the Raps just need assets. And they need guys that are going to get back to the Raptors' way of play. And that's why Freddie fits in so well. Because it's grinded out. It's that and I hate to say it, but it's that pound the rock mentality that Dwayne Casey came in with and built up. That's the real facts. Because you can't lose. There's no way that this Raptors team should lose to OKC with the roster that OKC put out tonight. Pascal Siakam was an all-star last year. An all-star. And you're the fourth leading scorer on your team tonight? Come on, man. That don't make sense. Make that make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. So something's going on. Something's up. And for me, as mentioned, this pod, I keep there's certain points I'm watching this ga- these games and I'm thinking, am I really going to keep doing pods for the rest of this season while the Raptors let's let's go to the streak here. Let's go to some some of the numbers here to explain what's been going on. Raptors fall to 18 of 30. They've lost 15 of their last 17 games, 13 of their last 14. They fall to 1-13 and in March, their worst month of March ever, and the third worst month in team history. That's terrible. So I stop and I think, am I going to continue? Like, this is tough. Like, I don't want to be here and be mad all the time. But, 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 then I see the comments. And I see the riders, the real ones that have been with us, rocking out since that first year we did the pod when Kawhi was here and we all sat here and enjoyed that run together. And the diehard Raptor fans, and I gotta be honest, you guys give me life. 
you guys give me what I need in terms of just people to listen, to understand, because I know you guys are going through the emotions that I am exactly as a Raptors fan watching this team that the only way you can describe it is, hey, this is the other side of the championship. You win the championship and then they get back, like you accumulate all these assets, you build up a good team, and then you cash in some of those assets to ante up and get over the hump. Raptors did that perfectly, executed that perfectly, but then all those assets that you got to get you the championship, because they're vets and you need vets to ultimately win the championship, but ultimately those vets walk, they leave. So then how do you build back up? And this is just the moment that the Raptors are in now. It's going to be a tough ride. But, but, I can at least say for the near future, I'll be here to still discuss this. Because you guys are here filling up the chat. Again, shout to the people on YouTube. If you don't follow on YouTube, like and subscribe. Click on the, click on the buttons there. You know, all that fun stuff. That's how you support the pod. We appreciate that. And if you're not on YouTube, you're on Twitter, you're on Twitch. Appreciate all of you as well. Let's get to the comments because this is why we do the pod for the live interaction. And, you know, for people who listen on the next day, listen in the morning on their commute, listen while they're working out. I thank you as well. Because again, diehard Raptors fans, this is why this is here. This fan base exists. We know that. And the real fans, you're not only here for the good times, the happy moments, you're here for the tough times. And if you want to sit here and, and discuss certain positives night in, night out, discuss more about, you know, I'm going to start doing the deep dives into the NBA draft. I mean, it kind of seems that that's kind of the angle we need to be going in now. And, you know, we talked earlier this year about Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State and his resume. And, you know, he's probably most likely the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. And you look at that and you think, okay, okay, but who are some of the other names? that people should be looking at. And I found it interesting because I messaged my guy, Russell. If you don't know Mr. Matt Russell, we do a football pod. I went on his pod a bit, follow him at the window sports betting podcast, but I was talking to him because we were doing some March Madness stuff. And I messaged him because it was like, wait, I was watching the USC game last night. I said, Evan Mobley, is that like, this guy's supposed to be a top three pick in the draft? <laughs> and I'm watching this guy get dummied by the mustache dude. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my Tinny on Gonzaga. I'm watching Tinny get buckets on Evan Mobley and flex on my guy. And I'm like, hold on. Mobley is supposed to be a top. Th I don't want no parts of that. And it just got me thinking because now you're starting to look and see, well, where could the Raptors be here? Jalen Suggs was also on. He's on Gonzaga. He's, you know, I'm looking at a mock draft right now. He's number three. And I've been telling y'all from the get-go, watch out for the G League dudes. Jalen Green, that's a guy I'm looking at. Just saying, could have went to college, decided not to go to college, and tried out this new G League thing. My point is, might be time Raptors fans to start deep diving into the mock draft. Start deep diving into watching the YouTube videos of these guys' highlights because this Raptors season has just taken a turn. And it's tough, but for all of these things, I will be here. I will try to be here. I can't promise you that I'm going to be here for the full season talking about this, but I, I'm going to try. I really am. So let me get to some comments, as I mentioned. <laughs> this guy, 
someone named this guy on YouTube says, ready for this top five pick, y'all. Hashtag we the North. Owen says, what if I told you Baines had the best plus minus? <laughs> Did he? Is that true? Is that true? I guess that would just go to show that plus minus is such a terribly flawed stat. And yes, I'm looking at it right now. Baines was a plus six. Baines also played 21 minutes in this game and had two rebounds. You're a starting center in this league. You had two rebounds in 21 minutes. That can't happen, bro. Also, why is Baines still shooting three? I need someone to explain to me why Aaron Baines is ever shooting threes. Who looks at his shot and thinks, yep, that's a good idea. Keep doing that. Uh, Rahul on uh, Instagram says, Jalen Green is the most intriguing prospect. Um, Jalen Green is a guard with mega hops. Like, super athletic, super explosive. Has a bit of a handle. And, you know, this G League thing didn't really go down as it was intended because obviously they played in a bubble because of the pandemic. But he was still getting coached by NBA players, by former NBA coaches. Uh, was Brian Shaw, I'm pretty sure, was the coach of the G League team that had the Young Bucks. But also, you have NBA vets who played on that team. So you had Jarrett Jack and you had Amir Johnson on that team. So you were getting like on the job training. And I, and I wonder what that would have been like training with NBA guys or guys on the cusp of making the league as opposed to the NCAA. We're going to find out. But Jalen, like if you want to spend some time, take a look at Jalen Green's highlight tape. That is nice. You won't regret that five minutes at all. More comments. Tammy says, what year is it? Are we sure it's 2021 and not 2011? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, it's a very good point. And the, the people who've been riding with us since we started this pod. I said this at the time while we enjoyed that Kawhi year. I think on every single podcast, I would urge people to enjoy this. Enjoy this ride with Kawhi Leonard because I have no idea how long it's going to last. I had no idea how it was going to end, but we in, we needed to, to appreciate what was happening the entire way when we had Kawhi Leonard during that season. And I'm glad that was my mentality <laughs> to soak all that in. And I'm glad we did this podcast to document that because times like this, whew, it makes that run seem so long ago, so long ago. Let me fire through some more comments because you guys are fired up. Of course, because there's a lot going on. Glow Girl Smile, Gary Trent Jr. with a career-high 31 points tonight. He's getting his rhythm as a Raptor. That was a highlight for me. Raptors continue to lack rebounding, which is mainly because we don't have a proper center. Baines had only two rebounds. That's not good enough. I feel like it's Groundhog Day movie where the torment of Raptors fans keeps getting extended. Why can't the Raptors come out in the third with more intensity, and especially after being in the lead by eight. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. But I'll, I'll start with Baines. Baines, I'm over the Baines experiment. If you want to ride out this season and just let Chris Boucher cook and pick up literally any other big guy off the scrap heap, I'm with it. I'm over the Baines experiment. If I never saw Aaron Baines play again, I'd be okay with that. 
Because at this point, it just seems like it's almost unfair to him. Because he's not even improving. And they try. They set him up with dimes like right in front of the rim. My guy misses layups. He misses dunks. And then he shoots wide open threes. I don't know why. And continues to brick them. And I don't even get happy when they go in. Because when it goes in, it just means he's taking the next two or three shots. Yeah. I don't get it. T-Dot Raptor says, one win in March and coaching has nothing to do with it. Listen, I've, I've said this from the get-go. I'm not blaming Nick Nurse. How can you look at this Raptors bench? Because this is why they always keep blowing games. They're always up, and then they have a drought. And they have a long drought, because as soon as Freddie comes off the floor, and especially if Kyle's not playing, where's the offense come from? And it's to the point where I thought that maybe, you know, you should start playing or staggering Freddie and Pascal so there shouldn't be minutes where both of them are off the floor. But I'm learning that Pascal left to his own demise, let's say. I don't even know if I just said that correctly, but you know what I'm trying to say. I'm tired. I'm tired. My point, though, is that I don't even know what's up with Pascal. I don't get it. And I keep pointing back to those comments. We can't be flicking the switch. It's not going to be easy. If you thought that you're going to win and then cool, you're nice for the rest of your career. Nah, that's not how this works. It's not. Yes, you're an NBA champion and that's cool. But as Freddie said a while ago, hey, if you're cool and you can go to, you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can go to sleep at night knowing that you left it all out on the floor. Cool. But if not, yeah, it's a tough one. Sanjay says Fred tries to go for that FU3 way too often. I I know what you're talking about, and I see it. I just think that if you're Freddie, I mean, the reality is Freddie is a small point guard. So the majority of shots he's going to be able to get off are those deep threes. He can't be driving in the lane. His shot's going to get blocked a lot. Sometimes he's going against bigger defenders. So, you know, trying to hit them and hit the, the mid-range game, it's going to be tough for him. It's tough. I get it. I understand it, but I don't know. Where, what else we got here? Ali says a lot of rebounding is effort. Rebounds were 64-35 for the Thunder. Shake my head. Poor Kyle, OG, and Fred. I agree with that. I firmly believe, and I'll always say this, defense and rebounding is effort. You can try to tell me different, and I've heard, I've had this argument with people forever and ever and ever. It's effort. How bad do you want it? And obviously there's, you know, when you're talking about athleticism, you could, you could tell me that, hey, there's a reason why player X can't guard player Y. Totally get that. Totally understand that. But we know the Raptors culture is built on team defense. We know the structure of the Raptors team defense is built off of help. We know that. How do we know that? Because we've seen it. We watched it. There's no excuse for that. So when you watch this team and they just give up layups and dudes waltzing down the middle, it's a problem. When you look at rebounding numbers, and you look at the Toronto Raptors and your starting center has two rebounds. Chris Boucher off the bench has four rebounds. It's not cool. That's not cool at all. Again, the rebounding margin in this game, 64 to 35 for OKC. They said the number late in the game, so it could be a little bit off. 
but 19 offensive rebounds, which led to 30 points for OKC. Offensive rebounds and second chance points, okay? That, those are hustle stats. Those are hustle stats. And we're not used to seeing that from this Toronto Raptors team, but here we are. Different times. Different times. Lucas says more Boucher minutes. At this point, why not? Why not? <laughs> Fly Miss says Sheldon is like, quote, why are y'all still here? <laughs> Listen, y'all are... <laughs> I appreciate y'all. I really do. But I big up the fact that you guys are still here. And as long as you guys are still here, I'm going to try my hardest to be here as well. Because I appreciate y'all. I really do. Paul says, did anyone read Norm's Norm and the Player Tribune? I did. My guy C. Brown, who I'll be honest, wasn't the biggest Norm fan. Like we had our ongoing text chain of just what is Norm doing that he would always send me throughout the years of the Norm Powell experience. But he messaged me today and he was like, dude, have you read the Norm thing? Like it made me really, really like Norm. And so when I got into work, that was the first thing I did. When I opened up my computer, I read the Norm article in the Players' Tribune and it was really good. And the people listening to this right now, I know you're diehard Raptors fans, so you would appreciate going to read it. My guy has great stories just about how he felt the vibe on his first workout when he got to Toronto and they pulled in to uh, Jurassic Park at night. And he just said something was weird. Something felt weird. He called one of his boys back home and said, yo, something feels weird here. And he said he had the best workout he's ever had. They talk about his workout still to this day. He threw down a dirty windmill that they still remember, he says. He told a great story of going shopping or Kyle and Damar taking him shopping. I won't ruin it for you because I want you guys to go read it. But he, he tells a really good story about how good Kyle and Damar were to him with them being his vets. He talked about just, he went into detail about the actual date of the trade deadline and what it was in his interactions with everyone, with all the players and with Jamma, one of the assistant coaches and how emotional he was and how he was crying and then not crying. And then Fred was laughing at him for crying and that kind of made him cry more, but kind of laugh. And it was just a really good read. And I've, talked to multiple different fans today and i've heard people say yo norm almost had me tearing up reading it it's a good read so i definitely recommend it go read that if you're a raptors fan you will definitely appreciate it and appreciate norman powell even more because it just added a real life feel to what goes down we watch sports and i know different people take in sports differently you know you take in sports and it's just you are here to entertain me and you lose you suck boo it's that simple right? For, for a lot of people that watch sports, but for others, you know, you buy into these people. Like the reason why, and I say this, the reason why I rate Freddie so much is I listened to a lot of different post-game speeches or a lot of different interviews, or I always reference the JJ Reddick pod that Freddie was on. And when you listen to someone speak that genuinely multiple times, you begin to be a fan of them as a person beyond the game of basketball and you rep them even more and i think this norm thing the norm article in the players tribune was the same thing it gave you an insight into the relationship the real relationship that these players had and when you look at it now through hindsight you look at it and you realize oh 
That's why they were such a tightly knit group that won. That's why they were such a tightly knit group that was able to handle someone like Kawhi Leonard coming in who was going to be the man who was going to get treated a lot differently than everyone else. And there were rough patches there, but ultimately they were able to hold everything together and win a championship. You realize that because of the real relationships and the real dudes that they have in that locker room. I just thought that was real cool. So yeah, go read that article. <laughs> and says, we just lost to the Syracuse Orange College team. This is an all-time low because I could not pick out one of their players in a lineup. I see no lies told. Katie says, how concerned... How concerned do you think we should be about Kyle's toe? Lingering toe infection doesn't sound good. Do you think just being overly cautious considering where our season seems to be going? It's not a good look. I mean, it makes you wonder, did this injury come up at the deadline? Like, do we know much about it? Like, was this something that was talked about? I have no idea. But I do agree with your point, Katie, that the fact that the Raptors continue to just lose games... And where they sit in the standings, what's the point in rushing Kyle back? There's no point. None. Julian says, get the 10 seed in the East to get a good pick, but then go on a playoff run. I mean, sure. I don't know. The The other part of all this is when you look at the play-in tournament, as of now, it's like Miami and Boston. Are those the two teams you want to be playing for the play-in tournament? I don't think that's how you drew it up. I mean, it might be how the NBA drew it up because they can sell those games, but yeah. Uh, what else we have here? Aisha says, what is the point of playing Baines? Don't we have players from 905? What is Masai thinking? How can we win with this bench? So many questions on my mind. Agreed, 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 agreed. I think that, you know, Baines, you might as well play Henry. Like, I'm for playing all the kids. Let Malachi cook. Let Henry Ellingson cook. Let Boucher cook. Why not? Why not? What else is going on this season? See what you have with these young bucks. Let them gain confidence. Let them get some burn in the NBA. And, you know, you only are going to get better with experience. And you got to make a lot of decisions come this offseason in terms of what you need and what positions you might need more of. We all know the glaring hole at center, but why not give Ellingson an extra look? I'm over Baines, and I don't know what Baines is doing. And, and at least I have faith in Ellingson to hit one of these open threes that Baines continuously misses. So, I don't know. Elijah says, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we have a lot of problems. Uh, I just want them to pick one thing to work every game on and execute it. It's a good way of looking at it. Francis says, we can't even beat a G League lineup. Uh, that's a, that's one of the toughest losses this season. It, it really is. It really is. Uh, we got some Pascal comments here. Uh, first comment, Pascal should be looking like a star against this college team. Uh Kenny says Pascal should suck it up if true that folks are putting it on him. I don't know if folks are putting it on him or if that's just how he's accepting it. Either way, I agree with that. It's the NBA. This isn't the try hard league. Shouts to Josh Donaldson. Those words will live forever. Let's get it done league. Sanjay, 
Pascal saying that he should not get most of the blame when the team does bad shows that he's not ready to be the man. <laughs> no lies told. No lies told. Well, Raptors fans, you guys filled up this chat again. And as, as mentioned, as you guys continue to show up, I will continue to try to show up. Uh, where am I seeing here? Some couple <laughs> people. Harjeep says it's probably Baines's last year in the NBA. K2's Garnett. Baines is, is a... Sh <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't even get it out because I can't even picture it. But K2's Garnett says Baines is like, hey, shooter's going to shoot. <laughs> is Baines a shooter though? Man, I hear you. I hear you. Catherine says, I got teary-eyed reading Norm's article. It was a good read. Uh, the Town Hero says, I'm so disappointed in Masai for not trading Kyle. I feel bad for Kyle. I feel shitty for the future of our team. Masai was betting hard for Giannis, and it fell through. To be honest, if Masai leaves after this season, I'll lose all respect for him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. First off, First off, if Masai was confident that he had a chance of getting Giannis, you can't blame him for taking that chance. You can't, especially after the history that Masai has in terms of throwing all his chips in the table and getting one Kawhi Leonard. So that's first off. Secondly, the Masai and what's going to happen with his contract, I don't know. Does it look good that he's not signed beyond this year? No, of course not. But if Masai leaves, make no mistake, he is going out as nothing less than a legend. Period. Not up for discussion. Doesn't even matter what happens this season. Doesn't matter what happens in the draft. If whenever Masai decides to leave, he is nothing less than a Toronto legend forever. That's it. Seems like a nice round off spot or a nice point to end on because you know i'm surprised as i look at the time we went over 40 minutes wow that music that music ad was bad i apologize <laughs> one man operation you know one man operation it happens but the point remains i'm surprised we went over 40 minutes after this brutal loss by the toronto raptors but as i mentioned i get kind of fired up raptors lose 113 to 103 to the Oklahoma City Thunder and a bunch of guys on their team I don't know. There was no Shea Gilgis Alexander. There was no Lou Dort. There was no uh, Al Horford. There's no Kevin Durant. There's no Russell Westbrook. There's no James Harden on this OKC Thunder. I don't know any of the dudes that played. But the guys that did play beat your Toronto Raptors. And as mentioned, times are rough. The Raptors are probably happy that the month of March is over as they finish the month of March with a 1-13 record. Raptors have lost 15 of their last 17 games, 13 of their last 14 games, are now 18-30 on the season, and they just lost to OKC's G League team. Gary Trent Jr., we're looking for bright spots. Gary Trent Jr., 31 points. He was cooking. You'll take that if you're the Raps. On the flip side, Kyle is out for the next week to 10 days. Tough times in Raptorland, but we will be back to discuss that and more as we are here after each and every podcast. 
on this Wrap It Up podcast. Remember, Wrap It Up is a show on Blast is the network. we got a bunch of other podcasts on the network, so like and subscribe, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. We'll be here to discuss that and more. When's the next game? Friday against the Golden State Warriors. Hey, at least we'll get to see championship footage again. I'm sure we'll get to see that Fred Van Vliet scream again and relive some memories, have some positive thoughts. Hopefully the Raps can get a win. Because you just want to win. Just get a win. And beating the Warriors will always feel good. I can't lie. So maybe that'll happen on Friday. Either way, we'll be right here. Tune in live. Whether you're on Twitch. Whether you're on YouTube. Whether you're on Twitter. Whether you're on Instagram. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Like and subscribe. Follow the pod. Click that subscribe button. Really appreciate you guys. And of course, if you missed the pod, know we got you covered on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music or Apple Podcast, pardon me. Again, On Blast Podcast is a network. Wrap it up as a show. Now I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.